I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Well, happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing on this fine day? Well, now that I've had a second surgery on my hands, hand, opposite side of the last one, doing good. All parts are still intact. Uh, feeling more better now? Feeling more better. We'll see in about four to six weeks. I hope you get full use of your hand back and are on your way to a quick recovery. Thank you. Our uh, little office chairs here are the quietest chairs I have ever sat in. The quietest, squeakiest chairs <laughs> that you've ever sat in? Yes. We're going to have to... Uh, Get our space set up for the new Dirt Sailor, the podcast studio. And we are going to try out some different pieces of furniture. So if you have any suggestions or your recommendations, please let us know. It may be that we do couches or we do some sort of soft chair that hopefully doesn't squeak every time you move. Absolutely. Where are we going today? I would like to start with a sad bit of local news, which is a Selma police officer who was killed in the line of duty. And as we look more into this officer who was shot and killed, we find that this in the, the killer had a history of criminal acts and this was not just a random one-off happened to be his first time crime but he had a a history with with crime here in the central valley and something that's come up for those of you who don't know there was a contact with um, a local person who said that someone was on their property and he didn't belong there. So an officer shows up, makes contact, and immediately gets fired upon. The officer ends up dying. Armed suspect fled the scene. He ultimately gets found. And it turns out that he's already a felon on parole, has a history of being a felon in possession of a gun, just was sentenced to five years in prison for his past crime, but got out in five months thanks to California's laws giving all kinds of nice credits for good time served and not being a violent person. And now we have another dead officer. I was just thinking while you were talking. It's dangerous. I believe that most... People that commit crimes like this are, are are repeat felons, and they do have a history because most people with common sense and a little bit of respect for the law would not attempt to do something like this to an officer. And if it's a first off or it's a first incident, I don't think they go as far as this particular person did. They'll do strong arm. They'll start out with smaller, lesser felonies and work their way up. So they almost all have a history, 100%. Yeah, so our Fresno County District Attorney 
made a public statement that people like Gavin Newsom, his predecessor, and those supporting letting these repeat offenders out quickly and habitually led to the killing of the officer and our good governor, Gavin Newsom, turned the blame around and said that if our DA here in Fresno had done her job, this guy would still be in jail. Well, we know our DA. We don't know her personally, but we do know our DA, and she does not let stuff like this go unchecked or unnoticed. And all the municipalities in California have a history of having to follow what the state says. Therefore, it's whoever's in charge at the time is making the decisions, and they're making the mistakes. Yes, they the the Fresno County DA sought and received five years, four months for his past crime, for his past conviction, and they they got it. I believe he pled to it, accepted it, and it was California's AB one hundred nine, which realigned how these credits work for letting individuals out, which was signed by um, oh, what was the governor before Newsom, Jerry Brown. Jerry Brown. So it was signed by Jerry Brown. So we've had a California supermajority of Democrats. We have a Democrat governor for the last several terms. So this was not a conservative um, get you out quicker law. And I think that we do need to look into the fact that we are not rehabilitating. It wasn't a five month rehabilitation it was five months, he's out, and he already has another gun because that's his second offense of being in possession of a gun for he was convicted in part. His last conviction was being a felon in possession of a gun. So two in a row didn't really do us any good. Getting that gun off the street didn't do us any good. He still managed to find another weapon. Well, I would assume then that the sheriff that was killed down in SoCal just a few short weeks ago that DA did not do their job either, right? Oh, no, wait a minute. The DA refused to prosecute down in Southern California, in Riverside County. Riverside County, yes, because we like to have bad guys do bad things. And then if you're a good guy and you make a mistake, we're going to go after you with a full extent of the law. Well, there's quite a few gun deaths in California, lower than most states, though. It's roughly about eight and a half gun deaths per 100,000 people in 2020 and it's been trending kind of up and down so it vacillates it doesn't stay the same and we just had two recent uh workplace violence one was a workplace violence incident which happened in northern california and we had another as one would say a mass shooting and they happened that one happened at a dance hall And in that particular case, the assailant was known to the area and it was a dance hall that he frequented. We have gun laws that should stop individuals from being able to possess a gun if they have bad intent. So how is it it's not working? They like playing with the numbers when it doesn't go their way. And when somebody does call them out or call them to account, I think they have a pre-made speech that they just roll out and say, nope, not me. It's got to be X, Y, Z. Well, if we had this, it would be that. If we had stricter gun laws, then this wouldn't happen. If we were more like 
and I, I've seen it before. If we were more like Australia, they had a mass shooting and then they banned guns. And then everything that happened in Australia after that has been hunky-dory and perfect. And they've just seen crime go away. No, they have not. Crime is actually up in Australia. It's quite a bit higher than it was pre-banning of guns. And I've heard it too. You know, you can look at England. They said that they've made it hard for guns to be owned there. And so then you get people who have bombs, people who have, you know, use knives in attacks, people who mow down people in cars. It turns out that bad people are just going to do bad things. What? Regardless of the implement used. It's bad weird. Bad people are bad people. And that goes back to what you said about rehabilitating. If you don't rehabilitate people and show them a path, whether it's through um, religious upbringing or a religious line they follow or just a simple secular line and they're not good quality law-abiding citizens they're going to be bad people and it could be in the the manner in which they were raised to believe uh, you know we look at it and say like oh how could that person do this thing and it turns out their parents taught them how to do it if they steal and I'm not saying all parents teach their kids how, how to steal, but in some families, the the parents stole things, the kids saw it, and then they learned how to do it from the parent. Or if a parent wasn't around, they may have learned it from the friends that they hung around with. So perhaps it is a learned trait that they can then unlearn. This is true. But we don't know because we're not teaching people job skills as much as we should be. We're not teaching people... Um, they have the opportunity to have an education, but a lot of what we do in the system just creates a cycle that turns negative. Well, now we're going to fix it in a lot of communities by giving out or handing out free money. And it's really not free money because somebody had to earn that money to give it to the state so they could in turn give it to somebody who either doesn't want to work or doesn't know how to work. And I'm not talking about indigent people. People that have to get assistance, which is what a lot of this welfare and other stuff was supposed to be for. Absolutely. It started off, okay, you're having a hard time. Let's give you something. I am totally for that. I am for if you have fallen on hard times and you need a hand up, let's bag you up some groceries and get it to you. You need rental assistance. Let's help you out there. You need something that will tide you over for a few months until you can get back on your feet. And maybe even, you know, let's just say it takes a year to get back on your feet. Sometimes it's not a quick turnaround. Totally for that. But we have seen these programs abused by the people who know how to abuse them. And then we know people personally who need assistance and they can't get it. Oh, last year you made too much money. Okay, this year I am jobless and homeless I have no money for food, but somehow because last year you made too much money, too bad, so sad. I, our system is broken. More regulations is not how to fix it because what we're doing is not working. Well, it's because, like you said, our system is broken because we have the folks that are breaking it. And then saying they are the fix and implementing yeah, so these so it goes policies. to this cyclical thing to where they're not fixing it. They don't know what they're doing. We shouldn't give them these pet projects to play with our hard-earned money. We need people in positions 
that are, that are legitimate experts, just like the discussion we had a few weeks ago about homeless people and having a nonprofit and who's in charge of the nonprofit. And if you can get one, 10, 20 people that can share the burden so there's more money going into the nonprofit than being given to the actual workers or the executives, then that might be one march or one step towards getting things accomplished. However, if you look at everything, it's not just that. It's it's the homeless. It's how they treat native Hawaiians in Hawaii and giving them a homestead or them jumping in line for a house. It's how they treat our tax system. They continually tinker with it so you have a system for four years. Then people are booted out of office or they lose. The next group comes in. They have their way of doing things. They implement things. Then economies crash, food prices go up, gas prices go up, and the leadership of that group looks you right in the eye and says, what a great economy it is. Quit your whining. No, it's the Ukraine-Russia war. It's not. You know, and, and somebody mentioned that today to me and said, hey, would you mention this on the podcast about how all of a sudden we're supposed to fall in line with the Ukrainian people and the war against Russia when just a few short years ago, when President Obama was in office, Ukraine was the most corrupt country in the world, and we shouldn't be helping them. So which is it? Are they corrupt? Do we need them to fight a proxy war for us against Russia? What, what is the geopolitics here? All I see from the outside looking in is our roads are broke. Everything's out of control. We have people that have mental issues. I mean, just just go right down the line. Just hit the punch list. Yet, we're sending not wheelbarrows, not coffee cans. We're sending aircraft carrier loads of cash and weapons to another country that all they're doing over there is killing each other. And we just sent them more money to secure their airspace after we've had an incursion from China into our airspace And instead of saying, we're going to do something about it, we're a secure nation, we're going to take care of ourselves, we let them traverse our entire country with their balloon. And then we get told, we're not seeing what we're seeing, it's not really as bad as it is, and then it traverses the whole country. And then we get told, oh, thank you, Biden, for taking care of us and shooting down this balloon. I don't know if balloons the the proper term for what it was because it was so much more than that so as it's pointed out like hey why did you let it go across the entire country you know why didn't you take it down sooner why didn't you do something about it and now we're getting the misdirection of it happened under trump trump and his head officials come out and say uh yeah no that didn't happen you know that never happened so did two wrongs make a right well and then they come out and say the biden administration comes out and says Oh, well, they didn't know it until my administration that it happened during his administration. And his worker bees or leaderships is absolutely not true. It's interesting. I know I start with that line. It's very interesting that we let that balloon, that weather balloon, that conveniently made it over multiple U.S. military bases and nuclear sites. Yes, And supposedly it was loaded with explosives, so if we were able to pull it down, it would have probably self-destructed because I know that they probably had the capability, they being us, 
to monitor if there was any transmissions coming out of that balloon and what they were. It wasn't just capturing stuff on a little thumb drive. It was listening. It was probing. And they should have shot it down before it made its way across Alaska, for one. Number two, isn't it interesting, our southern border, that's porous and just people are flooding up by the hundreds of thousands. And I'm not condoning sneaking drugs across the border by any means, but you have a younger Mexican guy or girl in a little panga, a little boat, trying to sneak up the border to deliver their goods for whoever they're working for, whether it's trafficking people or whatever. They barely get across the border. They get arrested. They get hammered. Their boat gets seized. They go to jail without question. We let, and they know we're with China, we're having an issue with a potential war. We just had a general come out and say it a week ago that potentially by 2025, we could be in fisticuffs with China. Okay, so you don't let one of their probes rifle across our country. I'm not a a war college expert, but they should have shot it down in Alaska. I definitely agree with you on that. To allow multiple incursions into our country and something that we've even seen once people, physical people are already here. We have many individuals of Chinese descent who are becoming naturalized citizens or attempting to become naturalized citizens who are here to commit acts of espionage, who are here to take everything they can, every piece of information they can back to China. And we have seen it over and over again. Does that mean every individual of Chinese descent is here to do that? No, absolutely not. Don't take it that way. Yes, under the Trump administration in Houston, Texas, at the Chinese embassy, they were running one of the largest spy rings ever out of Texas. Yes. We, we found out, shut them down, kicked them out, they're gone. And we have seen where um, individuals have come over from China to then seek the either current Chinese citizens, they may be permanent residents here. They may be on student visas or they may have already naturalized, but we have seen individuals come over to try and strong arm these particular individuals who are attempting to become either United States citizens or have some sort of permanent residency to bend to the will of the Chinese government and feed information to the Chinese government. And if they have spoken out against the Chinese government, these individuals have come to try to harm them or their family or to... Take them back unwillingly. They they deployed many different tactics. But all that to say, we've had programs to naturalize individuals faster when we shouldn't have those programs for certain individuals who come from certain high-priority countries. And then they get naturalized and they go into the weapons field or the tech field and they managed to get the very information that China has been seeking on our government. We have a problem. And we're not doing a good enough job stopping these individuals or identifying these individuals. You know who we're doing a better job with? Stopping individuals who want to be border patrolmen and women. 
Apparently, they have the most difficult and aggressive polygraph examination of any federal arm, which I just re- I know we talked about it, why um, individuals aren't getting a job with the Border Patrol. It turns out that Border Patrol applicants say that aggressive and humiliating polygraphs have blocked them from joining that agency. So somehow we can't get Border Patrol men and women, but some individuals can get into highly classified locations to feed intel back to China. Would that be where all of those 1,800 and some boxes of stuff from Biden are? In China? No, at the university, which was funded by Oh, yes, yes. So do you think maybe if all that info is already on a thumb drive or a hard drive, that it was duplicated? And it's already been routed back to China years ago? Oh, almost guaranteed. Almost guaranteed. And by the way, just to give you some numbers, two-thirds of CBP applicants fail the polygraph test. The FBI and Secret Service, their fail rates are about half. Wasn't it interesting that we're lowering the standards to go into the U.S. military, yet we're upping the standards to become a border agent, and that's where the real war is at right now, is along our border. We want less people who are able to secure our borders. Absolutely, and it's it's kind of a medical thing, too, if you think about it, because you look at how long it takes for current U.S. citizens to get a doctor's appointment. So if it takes you three months to get in to see an ear, nose, and throat doctor, and then you bring up a million more, and then half of those come to California, they've got to seek some type of medical attention because every human gets sick. So that bottles that system up, bottles the freeways up. It's just a vicious little circle. And to say that we just have the infrastructure to have everybody at once is unbelievably ridiculous argument that I... (laughs) Well, it is. We don't even have the infrastructure to to do what we we say we're going to do as far as making ourselves greener, but yet somehow we're going to have the infrastructure in our everyday life to open the border and allow everybody in at once. And we can't. And these guys and gals know it. And why they're persisting with doing this is unconscionable. What their plan is, no one knows. Because we know we can't support it. And I don't know if they think, well, it's a touchy-feely thing that the rest of the world would look down on us if we didn't bring them all in. Well, you know what? Every other country except for ours doesn't do what we're doing right now. They actually have closed borders. Oh, wait a minute. We're sending billions over to Ukraine so they can... Secure their borders. Yes. We send money to Israel, I believe. We send money and we've sent arsenals over to Israel. So they can secure their borders. That's what it's all about, because if you don't have borders, you don't have a country. You assimilate, you bring people in based on how you did it when you were working for them by specified numbers over time. Granted, it's not a perfect system. A lot of people wait way too long. But like I say with our medical system, when Mr. Obama was in, you don't crash the whole system to fix 10%. 
you don't tear your whole entire house down to build an extra bedroom. You build the bedroom and you move on from there. I know that's kind of a simple analogy for our medical system, but these people keep busting things and thinking they're fixing it and they're making it 10 times worse. Speaking of things that are 10 times worse, maybe it's 10 times better. Do you believe that Americans are better off or worse off financially than at any other time during the last 40 years? Worse off. So a study has come out that says more Americans are worse off financially than any other time in the last 40 years. And that's the thing that I kvetch or complain about all the time now that I am a, I'm 60. Am I considered a senior citizen? It depends. If they offer you a discount, yes. If they don't, then no. Well, how much life and work time do these people think that we have? So they always tell you, have a business plan, have a broker, have an investment banker, you know, work, get into a 401k, get into a pension plan. Well, that all sounds good. And a lot of people do it. Millions in America do it. And like I said, when there's a change of hands every four to eight years and the next magical system comes in, that all gets wiped out. How many times do you think that a family can sustain continually having their money taken from them? Not for very long. No, and that's what it is. It's theft. And if you look at the last, it's seems to be in a cycle. We have a housing crisis and we have the boom and the bust and then we go back into another cycle and we end up in a position now where if you're looking at our 401ks, we're being told by some, if you look at our our, uh, representatives, some say, well, we shouldn't have 401ks anymore. It should all be social security and we should just wipe out and take the 401ks. Almost like it's not your money anyway. And that's come from, oh, what's her name? Elizabeth Warren's one of the biggest proponents of that. Yes. So we get told that we need to start saving on our own, not just rely on Social Security. So we do it and we do it by the government rules. And then they say, oh, no, we should just be not allowing that. Take it all anyway. Even though it was your money from your paycheck that you put in to a separate fund. She wants to wipe it out and take it. And then we have some who say we're not taxing it high enough. We need to tax it higher. How dare you have saved money when other people chose not to save money, so we need to tax you higher. Or you need to wait longer. We're not going to allow you to take it out until another age. And they they push it back at the age at which you you can take it out or you can have a full benefit, et cetera, as far as like Social Security. Okay, now it's going to age up, and then you go to take your, your 401K, and they have specific age requirements, so a lot of this gets pushed around. And you don't get it. And then all of a sudden they start doing things like allowing investment managers to make investments into green energy that are bad investments. They have a fiduciary responsibility in most cases to advise you or push you into good investments. And now because they want to invest more in green energy, they are going to allow investment advisors to bypass the fiduciary um, responsibility and push you, 401k holders, um, funds holders, into bad investments. And if you lose money, oh, well, you lose money. We were investing in green. It was a good good old college try anyway. See, I'm like Mr. Jocko Wilnick. I'm a believer in top-down. I believe that if these Folks that are 
suggesting this with their 401ks, their pensions, let them start first. Let the Elizabeth Warrens, all the senators, congressmen, all of the aides that work for them, that we've just given them a big bump in pay so they could get their Pelotons and, and their subscriptions, their monthly service. Let them put all their money into the Social Security kitty first, and then we'll work down from there. And see how it works. Start with you. Yeah, the you, the the figurative you, the person who's saying it. I agree. If you think that 401ks need to go, get rid of yours first. If you think that investments in the stock market's terrible, get rid of all your investments first. Show us that it's the wrong way to go by leading by example. You think that the government is not getting enough money from the rich, wealthy elite. Guess what? You guys are millionaires. You can take your money and hand it over to the government. Do as you say, not try to push everybody else into what you don't wish to do and what you exempt yourself from. Yes, and that's like these a lot of these green energy do-gooders. You see, they want to fly around in G10s and corporate jets, and they want to go to Davos and other places and tell you what you should eat, how you should live, how you should heat your home while they're living in. And I'm not knocking them for what they're living in because it's pretty cool that there is an American dream that you can make that kind of money to live in that big of a place, but they live in their 10, 15, 20, 30,000 square foot homes that cost more annually to heat and cool than some little small towns in California and across the U.S. Yes, they should not be owning any of that. If that's the ills and the evil, people heating their homes with natural gas or people using firewood, um, people using too much electricity, you start. You start. Live in a 1,200-square-foot home. Live in a small little place. Make sure that it's fully functioning to where you don't utilize any more electricity than the next person who has a 1,200-square-foot home. You no longer fly around in a private jet. There is nothing that you can't do from behind a video camera now. So then you need to quit flying around and doing these these big old productions. Yeah, you want to be equal? Come on, let's be equal. So, The Economist, who called the 2008 housing crash, is predicting another 15% drop in home prices. Over what period of time? Just this year alone or in the next so many years? Do we know? Let's see. We estimate the single-family home prices have fallen currently at 5.4% from their peak in May 2022, but they still need to fall by a further 15% or so before they return to their long-run average. And that's what he's saying. They were overvalued anyway, so they're coming back down, getting where they were, and it will level out until the market gets hot again and it does its same cyclical thing. Yeah, we definitely bought at not the peak peak, but at a a semi-peak. We're going to lose on the value, but of course our hope and goal is that it gains over time and it does come back. But the reality is with the feds continuing to raise rates and the cost of houses, the percentage rates for the loans, it's priced a lot of people out of the market. So we we are, I'm sure people are hopeful for a downturn so that way they can afford that first time home. 
So you are correct because currently a 30-year fixed mortgage is 6.09%. And just one year ago, it was 3.56. That much of a bump is a big monthly price increase. It's huge. It really is. And I look at you know, a, an individual ty- trying to get even a $300,000 home, if you're going to put 20% down, that's $60,000. Plus, you have to be able to take the monthly payment. And given that high of an interest rate, it's just astronomical. You know how to fix it, though? I can fix it. I can do math right now. Ready? You're going to math. Do math. I'm going to math it. All you have to do is force these lenders to make them simple interest loans and not compound interest. They would pay the notes off much faster. If we really cared about first-time home ownership and it wasn't just a money-making scheme. Absolutely. And, you know, normally I'm, hey, you know what, they're taking a risk because the people could default on the loan and they're a business and they're there to make money, et cetera, et cetera. But all of these banks were a part of the too-big-to-fail And they received government bailouts. And I'm just not sure that they've given back enough for not failing, not being allowed to fail. Our government was a part of that too, so. Right, but if you look at most houses in most neighborhoods, I used to say that's all hooey on their part if they do default because they go right back in, they either auction them and make money or they spin them off and a flipper flips it and somebody that comes in next has to Take out a loan out and a gets loan. right so, back on there. Yes, and they're, so they're constantly making money. I know it's different now because I've seen houses in just our neighborhood alone here where you have some very destructive renters and homeowners. I've never seen more places where a bin shows up. That's practically bigger than the house itself. Yes, to take out all the garbage and uh, all the internals from the house so they can rebuild it. So we did look at a house in your neighborhood that came up for short sale. And I was reading the little section about it and how you can come see it. And it said, we're going to have an open house from, you know, noon to two on such and such a day. Come see the house. And as I was reading the description, it said, do not bring your children. This house is not safe enough for you to have children in this home at this time. By the way, there is a big hole in, and then it started saying where, like, there's a big hole over here, and then there's this problem over there, and then these are all the reasons why. Do not bring your children. I'm like, okay, guess we won't be looking at this place. If it's not safe enough for children, <laughs> it won't be our place right now. You know, we've had some good discussions about retreads, and I call politicians retreads because we keep retreading the same old people over and over and over, and then during the last presidential election, uh, almost 100% of the Democrats, which is 50% of the voting block, say they didn't want an old white male to run or to be the next president. And wh- who the, who do they vote in? The oldest, whitest male. And Nancy Pelosi has been in office for like 103 years. Since the 80s. Yes. I think 87. We discussed you know, this a, before. A, 80s. Right, a big block of them have been in office for a long, long, long time. Both sides, Republican and Democrat. And then here you have a bunch of Dems that created some kind of memo or some scuttlebutt that they think Kamala Harris is a liability in the 2024 election. And then you have Hillary Clinton privately thinking, and I don't know how it's private if it's in the news, 
that Kamala Harris lacks political instincts to win a primary. Honestly, being on the other side of the aisle, who cares what she thinks? I don't know why people keep bringing her into the mix when she's a criminal. She had 31,000 secret, top secret, and other documents on a hard drive that was not secure. I mean, just go on and on and on and on. Just a little side note of that, something that I realized since we've talked about whether or not they were classified, unclassified, was it secret, top secret? You know what? It doesn't matter. She had 31,000 government emails that did not belong on her server, period. Doesn't matter what their classification was. Yes, she had classified stuff. But just, you know, I just realized that and wanted to throw it out there. She had government information on a private server problem enough okay sorry continue right. with and ev- what's- yes and even if they weren't classified per se they belong to the american people and the national archives and i do believe there are u.s laws saying that she broke the law yes you can't just take government property or redirect government related property and to com- yourself and to compound it knowing that she's under investigation by the fbi she destroys equipment she destroyed it after so first they said okay we'll tell you what you are allowed to have we'll go through it the lawyers for clinton we'll we'll go through everything and then we'll give to you what you can have the rest of it's her own private stuff And then the government says, no, that's not how this works. We get to decide whether or not it's government related or not. You need to hand it over to us. And they were already saying, like, we're going to hand it over, but just only what we're willing to give you. And so once it was demanded that everything be handed over and reviewed, and then she would, only what was necessary would be taken, that's when she destroyed the property. I'm sure because she knew there was stuff on there that should not be there. Isn't it interesting with Kamala Harris that she was, and I don't, I'm not calling her an idiot. She obviously has a law degree, so she's not an idiot, but she was obviously during the 2020 presidential campaign, a useful idiot for the democratic party, because that was the actual picture they were looking for to get Biden elected. Because if they wanted somebody more political or more intellectually astute, they had a big pool to choose from. It wouldn't have been her. No. I agree. There's there's many people across the spectrum that they could have picked from. Not the political spectrum. It only would have been Democrats. But across the, the spectrum. But they needed someone, as you just pointed out, as it, they needed a useful idiot. Um, again, smart individual, but apparently not politically astute. And when I watched her debate... I watched all of the debates when she was running and she was not then, was not now, was not ever my pick because I did not think that she was a good candidate to be president. There were many other good candidates uh, and instead we just get who we've always gotten. They just retreaded some old person that nobody wanted. And they repackaged him. I mean... One thing I don't understand is, again, another old white man, but why people in the Democrat Party are not more upset at the way they treated Bernie Sanders. Correct. Bernie Sanders 
would have gotten the nod, but they circled the wagons to make sure that every other person dropped out. They redirected them to Biden. That's because they didn't feel he was electable. He may get the nomination, but they didn't feel he had a, a snowball's chance. But now that's why they're going to throw Kamala out. They're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater because she's used up her usefulness and now she's she's a she's, done deal. Yep. That's what they do with anybody. You know, they, they use you for what they can get out of you, then they just throw you out in the trash. I mean, any corporation, any most businesses, unless they're a family-run business, are like that. You're an ID number. You work for them for a set amount of time. You put in your time. I'll pay you a salary. And then when you're done, you're done. You go away. So keeping on the political spectrum, it looks like Nikki Haley is set to launch her presidential campaign. So she won't, she'll, she's technically running against Trump if they're both seeking the nomination. It looks like Ron DeSantis is coming in second right now to some of the polls that are out there for Trump. But then other polls that I've seen say that Trump doesn't have near the support that he had before. So it's, it will be interesting to see how Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, and Trump fall within that that attempt to get the next nod. Right, so it depends on who's saying that because what they want to do is pummel, punch, and keep Trump down as low as they can for as long as possible. But when he rallies and you look at a rally at a stadium and you see 50,000 people there, he's not going away quietly he may not get the nomination this time but he is not going to go away quietly and i feel like some of this is what they said about trump when he was running the first time and ultimately got the nod for the 2016 election was that he is not doing that well or he's not that electable so you get the ones that say he's polling well but then you get the articles that say nobody wants to vote for him and he's lost all his backing so which one is it he's either polling well or he's lost all his backing Polls can be easily manipulated. And, you know, I've heard some great discussion the last couple of weeks about the 2020 election and not about election fraud at the polls and changing votes and votes disappearing and some stuff that we've talked about over the past few months. It's been interesting. They've been talking about what you and I talked about six, seven weeks ago is the social media outlets that actually changed the trajectory of the election. By Either pushing certain pieces of information or yes. hiding other select pieces of information. Yes. And not allowing certain people to be on certain platforms. Or if you do a Google search of, let's just say, we'll pick a name even though he wasn't part of the group. It was Ron DeSantis. And it comes up with everything bad about DeSantis. Or it doesn't come up with DeSantis at all. It just sends you to some obscure website or it just flat doesn't let you go anywhere. And I've listened to more and more people come out and say, hey, wait a minute, we talked about this during 2019, 2020, this, 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 and this, and none of it was findable. You do researches, none of it was researchable. So that is really interesting. And in fact, just this week, I was looking up information related to chat gpt i'm not sure if you're familiar with this program yes but i've started using it just to see what it would say and what information's out there and i would ask is cnn a legitimate organization and a reliable source is fox news is is and i would 
you know, input different um, news outlets. And one that I did was actually Project Veritas. And it said that basically had a lot of negative things to say about Project Veritas. And then when I said, tell me the top five things that Project Veritas did that turned out to be lies, or I can't remember exactly how I phrased it. And one of the things was their reporting on election fraud in Minnesota was found to be untrue, selectively edited, and no widespread voter fraud. So therefore, this particular piece was a lie. When I started diving into it, I said, uh, between chat GPT and trying to find things on Google, like what's the law in Minnesota regarding having somebody else's vote and delivering it to the ballot box. And in Minnesota, you can have three people's documents. You have to sign the envelope and say that you are delivering it on behalf of said person. And you're only allowed to have three. There is video evidence, whether selectively edited or not, of an individual having dozens and bragging about how much he's had. And this was only one particular video, but the video came from the person themselves. It wasn't an undercover video of Project Veritas. It was the guy recording himself and then somebody sharing that information outside of his social circle. And that's how they got it and they started investigating more. But ChatGPT said that their investigation was untruthful and no widespread voter fraud. But what I thought was interesting is they broke the law. This particular individual had a lot of votes out there that he delivered against the law because he was only allowed to do three. So even our definitions, oh, they broke the law, but it's okay because if you try to find that information on a lot of search sites, it doesn't come up except to say that it was not true even though there's video of it. It's just like when you do something on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, and then that little but comes up, but this may not be true in our so-and-so people have said this, follow this. Well, who's getting to make that decision, basically? But Jonathan Turley, who is on news outlets all the time, he's an attorney, he's a pretty, uh, pretty smart guy, He has said that the Twitter files have exposed an extensive system of coordinated government censorship. So that goes back to what you and I said about some of these small uh, municipalities that the votes were separated by a couple hundred, couple thousand. Or as one expert on Fox News said, and CNN, 10,000 votes. So if you lost your election bid by 10,000 votes, what on social media helped sway that or what was left out what what was the driving factor there that actually one person knows for a fact that you know, let's say 90 percent of the county is one side or the other yet he loses by 10 percent how is that possible right it goes the wrong way it goes the wrong direction well it's just people hate trump that much or people hate insert whomever that much so of course it would be fine makes you wonder how you could hate somebody so much huh what did he do after he decided to run that made all these people that took thousands of dollars from him and contributions over the years what made them flip and decide he was a bad person that he wasn't giving them money anymore maybe or that 
he was a little more pro-American and pro-America than most folks that have run for office in the last decade or so. And he actually was going to do what he said he was going to do, which empirical data, the history tells you that he did. He did, in fact, do about 95% of what he said he was going to do. And had he not been pummeled by this fake stuff, he would have probably gotten a lot more accomplished. Potentially a whole lot more. So something that we're seeing with President Biden's son, Hunter Biden, is that he has had a lot of trouble lately with getting investigated. And it turns out that his lawyers may be looking into doing something like a GoFundMe and publicly sourcing funds to pay for their attorney's fees while he's getting investigated for his wrongdoings, including the criminal tax case and potential congressional hearings. So they may find another way for Hunter Biden to get money. So he's obviously not making any money off of his art. It's unclear. I think he's trying to hide any money that he makes off of his art because his, the mother of the child that he refuses to admit to, even though DNA supports that that's his child, uh, has asked for records regarding his sales. And he's trying to, on one hand, claim he's successful and on another hand, say he has no money because he doesn't want to pay any further child support. So it, it's hard to tell. And if it's a cash system, I'm sure somebody's not walking around with a briefcase full of cash for this man. Well, if we didn't have three tiers of justice, he would have been arrested, prosecuted, found guilty, and put in jail a long time ago so we could move on to the next big major crises. And the IRS is worried about your $600 Venmo payment and whether or not it's taxable and reportable. But this man can sell artwork, fly across the world, get money from foreign organizations, have the the second most powerful man as a dad, and he's just the good guy who people are on a witch hunt for. It can't be that he's getting any insider information. The laptop is not real. The information's just don't believe what's in front of your eyes. No, and and put his drug use and drug addiction and proclivity for hookers aside, the man broke the law, we believe. And it does not take years like this to do the investigations and prosecute. Just doesn't. If it was a normal person under the first tier of this three-tier system, like I said, he would already be behind bars. And we can move on to the next thing. We have how many millions of people in America? 300 330 million. 30 million. And we're focused on one human being. We need to move on. We need to prosecute and move on. We absolutely need to prosecute and prosecute faster because this is this is your justice system. If the wheels turn slow for the people in one tier, they can never get prosecuted because time runs out. They're running out the clock on these slow walking investigations yes i agree what are those little things you see on facebook and instagram what they call those memes usually a picture with some funny words that may or may not match the picture and it's amazing when that weather balloon was shot down oh there were all kinds of within five minutes it's amazing 
the way people's minds think and how fast they can generate this stuff. I think my favorite was the one with a sign on it that said, we've been trying to reach you about your extended warranty. Yes, your extended warranty has expired. Please call us. Another topic of conversation we've had on this podcast, but I would like to move it a step further, is what happens when a university removes a benefactor's name from the school? They should have to give the money back. So there is a university that is removing, he attended Richmond College and he served as a trustee. He donated money. Upon his death, the family made a gift to the college to help establish a law school. And when Richmond College became the University of Richmond in 1920, it began referring to the law school as T.C. Williams School of Law. So it turns out that this particular individual in their history owned slaves. So it was determined by the University of Richmond that they would change the name of the law school. And that just happened September of 2022. So the family has now asked that the school return the money to the family with some interest because it's been a number of years and they've benefited from the growth of their law school and the growth of the original gift. So they have actually asked that the money be returned to the great-great-grandson for that original donation. Well, see, I didn't even know about this article, and I agree with it. Because you know what? We're human. People have made mistakes throughout history, throughout the centuries. And that's how history gets repeated. When you start wiping it out, just like taking down statues. It's like removing people's names. You have uh, sitcoms that that were on for 20 years, and now a bunch of the episodes, they were homophobic and thisophobic and transphobic. And yeah, that I get it. I get it. But you can't get rid of everything. If you don't like it, it's on a recording. Don't watch it. So unpopular opinion for me, since we're removing names, we should not replace them with anybody's name. We take down a statue. We should not have a replacement statue. We should not have any building or site named after a person because we will always find fault. Either now or in the future with that person, we are not perfect people. We can find fault with anyone throughout their lifetime. Some people more fault than others. But I think we waste our time, effort, energy, and money by erecting statues in honor of people or naming colleges in honor of people. I like that idea. So when you go downtown, you go down Broadway, and there's a row of buildings there. It should be Broadway building A through whatever. Yep. However, okay, okay. you had our transportation, federal transportation secretary, Buddha judge made the comment a while back ago that freeways were racist. Well, that's because they're typically put into places that primarily affect minority communities. At least that is the claim. Among other racist problems. So what that tells me is you can make a racial argument out of anything. Absolutely. This, you know, this cup of water that I might, potentially be drinking out of right now is happens to be a color that might offend you and now I can't drink out of the cup 
So I got to go in the kitchen and exchange it for a different color cup, which the person to the right of me may not like it. Where does it end? Just like we talk about reparations and slavery and, and everything, some total of the parts. When did we get into tribalism to where everything is bad? All we do is want to beat the bejesus out of the person next to us because I don't like what they said. You know, if they were to take all the comedians that have been around since the dawn of time till today and wiped all that out, what do you have? You have a bunch of guys and gals that made stuff up in their head and now it's offending half of the U.S. population. I think everybody could be offended all the time, so maybe we shouldn't be allowed to speak at all. Well, if a lot of folks that believe in green and going back to the way the earth used to be, we wouldn't be here. Well, they can start. Stop living in their cities and their high-rises and having deliveries of food and make sure everything's locally sourced that only they grow. Trade with fellow growers. Zero percent waste. Start Absolutely. with you. All of them. The, the founder of Costco, the founder of um, Facebook, the founder of Microsoft, the founder of App. All these guys, the ones that are still alive, obviously should have to give 100% of their money up. Donate it all. Every year. All oh, you made more money? Give it up again. Zero. And they're finding that all of our, our current green vehicles cost $20,000 plus on average. More than non-green vehicles to operate, never mind the damage that they are doing to the environment to get those green components. So if you're owning green and you were sold on the idea that it would be cheaper to own because electricity is cheaper than gas, I hate to tell it to you, but you were sold a bill of goods. So I guess the U.S. military has lifted their COVID-19 vaccine mandate. But they're not letting the people that they kicked out back in. Correct. The litigation is still lingering. Yep, and... Even here in California, they've decided not to go forward with the mandate that students must have the shot in order to attend school. So they are uh, lifting that requirement. Right now, I believe it is for like under 18s or school-age children, not university-level individuals. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually do pull that requirement too to allow people to go in person and be educated. I'm glad that we've had a chance to talk about this wild thing for the last couple of years. And I was looking at a building I went into the other day that still had the glass up in front of the partition. And I'm still trying to figure out who the genius was that figured out that if you put that sheet of plexiglass in front of that person, there is no way that even though it's lighter than air, like helium, it could float up over top of that and drift down and, and smack the person on the other side of the glass right in the face. Or the fact that you put your stuff on the grocery conveyor belt, another person touches it, then it comes on the other side, and then you take pick it up and you put it into your basket and you carry it out. Somehow that was okay. Did, did we not know what we didn't know? It's insane that we adjusted not enough and we followed some of the craziest rules and we're still following some of them. And we're finding now that natural immunity was really good. So there's that, but just touching back on to plexiglass and seeing stuff like that, which is, isn't that a byproduct made from oil? 
one of the three or four thousand products that are made from crude crude oil but anyway it amazed me how quickly we were willing to throw scientific inquiry out the window thought processes out the window and become sheep we we did that real fast oh put up some plexiglass stuff a mask on your face made out of whatever material you could find it doesn't matter what material it is add some elastics around your nose put a bag over your head whatever the case is and you'll be safe and and people just did not question and then started attacking other people who said hey wait a minute this this just doesn't sound logical you're going to touch my stuff i'm going to touch my stuff and then somehow you're not going to pass anything to me or this mask is so porous it doesn't stop anything but it's going to save us and and we just allowed the the not thinking and blind following to run rampant and if you thought for yourself you were the bad guy there was definitely no critical thinking there for the most part just like amazon made more money the last two years than they made like the previous five and we said that we hated the billionaire class but then we turned to the billionaire to make our lives Life better? Yes. And you know what? Talking about that millions and billions in COVID, I guess that a lot of government employees that were not laid off are now suspect for actually stealing COVID monies by unemployment benefits, taking elaborate trips, and buying thousands of dollars worth of stuff when they weren't entitled to it. Unfortunately, being a government employee doesn't make you always the good guy. Well, I just don't know how these people think of this stuff. I would never in a million years have a full-time job and then try to take benefits as an unemployed individual. When there were real unemployed individuals who really needed the help and we said keep waiting but the cash is coming maybe later, and then we denied them. But somehow these other employees who knew what to say got both sets yeah, of funds. Yes, and I looked at, you know, I just used homeless because there's so many around us as a springboard for that because I watched a, a news clip of all these hundreds of millions of dollars that were stolen from the COVID funds. And then you go outside and you go, a mile away and there's a hundred homeless people living on the street freezing right now. Um, they look terrible. They're mentally messed up. They're exhausted. And those people showed no shame taking that money. None whatsoever. Well, as far as our COVID funds, we had over $4 trillion that was set aside or generated or printed or electronically made up, whatever you want to call it, over $4 trillion for COVID-related issues. And they are saying at least a quarter of it went to fraud. A trillion dollars went to fraud, and we're acting like that's no big deal. Let's move on. And we're going to keep the same systems in place that led to this problem in the first place. It's amazing. One of the guys that brought a lot of this to light is the same guy that questioned Dr. F on a regular basis, the Kentucky Senator. Oh, Rand Paul, who was the dumbest guy in the room when Fauci entered as the smartest guy in the room. 
Yes, and he basically goes down the fraud, waste, and abuse line every year, and he always finds some interesting things, you know, where they study the mating habitats of a of a snail darter, you know, to the tune of $2 million. Or, and that's just, that's quid pro quo. That's uh, somebody at the federal level paying back somebody that they were able to get a whole block of votes money. for them. Or, yep. Yeah, it's all exchange of monies. So one last thing, though, that I will say on mass, there was a study about people who continue to use masks. And apparently it is claimed by this study that those who think of themselves as unattractive are more likely to keep their mask on. It's interesting you say that because one of my coworkers once told me that those masks were created for ugly people. That's so wrong. It is. Oh, you have pretty eyes. Oh, the rest of your face is and awful. I don't know if she was targeting me with that statement or... Oh, you look better now that you have your mask yeah. on? Yeah. So when you go to college, you go to high school, junior high, whatever, do you think that we should know everything about you and that whatever your belief system is that you should be punished for it or held accountable for it, no matter where your your pendulum may swing? I don't think you should be punished for it. And I think you should be allowed to be you. Isn't that a part of what we're wanting people to do is, you know, be free and and be who you are, be the authentic you. You don't have to bottle yourself up for any, any public consumption. You can be you. Well, and that's what I thought. And I thought that that's what this thing that I don't understand, the woke movement and all that other stuff was about, was about all inclusion and taking care of everybody and, all that good stuff, yet we have the Smithsonian apparently kicking out pro-life students. You're now in, in the public sphere, you're allowed to be who those in charge say that you're allowed to be right now in okay. this minute. So like when Swalwell, Omar, and our illustrious congressman from Southern California, Schiff. Shifty Schiff. Yeah. When they get booted out of committees, then nobody should be complaining. No. I mean, they did it the last cycle. The Democrats kicked out Republicans that they didn't like who they were, what they stood for, et cetera, et cetera. And so they decided to kick them off committees. So they opened the door to being able to kick people off committees. Right. So it's who's in charge then. Yes, which is not how it should be. We shouldn't be that cyclical. Okay, you're in charge. We're going to look this way. Okay, you're in charge. We're going to look that way. If all things are truly equal under the law and our constitution is our constitution, we really shouldn't be shifting that much. But you should have exemptions or exclusions when one of the individuals is a pathological liar, the other individual is an anti-Semite, and the other one, the third one, is on the take on uh, the take with a spy, no matter what country that spy is from. Known spy. Not not made up stuff, but actually factual. Yes, I will say a disappointment that I did have with the Republicans though is they gave Santos, our our New York congressman who's a habitual liar, they actually gave him committee assignments. And he really should be investigated and is being investigated for ethical problems. But he's also being investigated by the FBI for a fundraiser for a veteran sick dog that 
the veterans claims that they never received any of that money from the fundraiser that Santos sponsored. So I will say if you're all things being equal, he should not have had any committee assignments. But they really turned in this not giving committee assignments a, a, a tip for tat. And the Democrats said this is how we can do it. And the Republicans followed suit. Yes. And Santos, as you had just said, should not only not be on any committees, he should not be a congressman. So I did research a little bit into recalling a congressperson, and you can't. He needs to step down in order for— He needs peer pressure to push him out the door because apparently this guy is nothing— what he portrayed himself to be zero. He should be gone. Absolutely. He's not a good representation of the party or of what he claimed to be there to represent. He's just a habitual liar and a fraud. Yes, he is definitely a fraud. So what is more secure than our classified documents? Epstein's client list. We were told not that long ago that somebody had some videos And they were going to release them, but that hasn't happened. We have not seen any of Epstein's client list and everything that the FBI took from his house when they were doing their investigation. None of those videos were made into any sort of record. And arguably, if they had the ability to take those videos because they were suspected to be a part of his crime spree, Anyone seen on those videos with the minors should be prosecuted, but they haven't, and life goes on, and we don't hear any more about it. Well, apparently one of the one of the ladies that was a teenager then, who's now a grown woman, is supposedly waiting for something to end here pretty soon, and she's going to speak. She's going to come out and say something. I don't know. She's one that's writing a book, so she needs to try to sell the book to make it through life, but... If it's Virginia Guffrey, it turns out that Prince Andrew may try to now go after her, even though he paid her out, as not being truthful. And it never happened. That That's supposedly he was looking into backtracking his, his payoff and going after her for her lies. But Jeffrey Epstein's number one woman apparently is also saying Epstein didn't kill himself. You ever heard of Dr. Bodden? No. Well, he is a dude that looks like he's about 90, but he's a forensic pathologist. Is he the one that checked his body secondary to the original? He was there for the autopsy. Oh, okay. And he has come out, and I honestly don't know how old this report was, but he said that the marks on Epstein were consistent with not hanging oneself, but being strangled by someone else. So if the top dude across the nation, and he is a top, all kinds of people call on him for advice, even at his age. Um, I would say there's more to it than you would believe. And it's interesting that when Epstein was thrown in jail years prior, and he supposedly was going to attempt suicide, it was the same guard that was there when he did commit suicide. Same guy. Magic. It's magic. 
It's Clinton magic. So I don't know if you know this, but your favorite dude had a fraud case against him, Mr. Elon Musk. Not guilty. And he was found not guilty of defrauding investors several years ago when he tweeted out that he, and it wasn't for Twitter, but he tweeted out that he was considering taking Tesla private. And apparently that just wasn't acceptable. But a federal jury in San Francisco rejected the demands of Elon Musk that he should have to pay billions of dollars in damages over a tweet. So the jury rejected that he should have to pay billions over his tweet. It's probably because Nancy and her husband didn't make any money off the transaction. They didn't know it was going to happen. Or yep. I wonder if he did that to short the stock and... To, or not to short the stock, but to cause the stock market to go in the direction that would be worse for the Pelosi's. Very possible. And that's why he did what he did with tri- Twitter when he was in and then he backed out and then all that happened. Maybe he was trying to get the stock to make some kind of adjustment. Or they hadn't had a full opportunity to secure all of the files before stuff started being deleted and disappearing. It got disappeared. So a... High-profile former lawyer who donated a lot of money to Democrats, another one, and he hosted a fundraiser for Joe Biden. Well, this guy was indicted on account of embezzling more than $18 million from legal clients. So this is Tom Girardi. He has an indictment out of Los Angeles for wire fraud. Apparently that carries a maximum 20-year sentence. But I believe we've talked about Tom Girardi before, but he is getting his indictment and his firm collapsed in late 2020 for some of his uh, shenanigans. Shenanigans. Haven't heard much about the other guy that had the, the fake coins, huh? Oh, F- FTX? Yep. Yeah, we did talk about how his parents put up their home as collateral yes. and they don't really have the land under it to put up as collateral. So just like with anything, these cases take a long time. I'm sure they're going to ask for lots of continuances. And we'll see what happens however many years from now. Did I ever tell you about the video from a news outlet that watched him walk into the courtroom with a backpack on? I do not recall if he did or not. And when he left the courtroom, he didn't have the backpack. Oh, did he accidentally forget lots of money behind for somebody? They were saying it was probably a potential payoff to the judge. Now, I'm not making that up. That's coming from a major news guy that actually showed the video. It was very interesting how he carried that backpack on his back into the courtroom. And when he came out, he did not have that backpack. Interesting. So... I have a really hard time. I'm going to jump back to Joe Biden talking about things that I've watched recently. I have a really hard time watching Joe Biden speak. But every so often I do watch some of his announcements or statements. And one that he made recently had to do with being happy with how many women were in his cabinet, but he could not form a sentence to save himself. He just, I'm happy to report that women are more than 50% of women in my cabinet. It was just a mess. But another thing that he did was call Bill Clinton my president. Really? Does he think 
Bill Clinton is president and he's a senator again because he said, I'm so happy to be able to welcome my president back to the United States Congress, back to the United States Capitol. It's kind of sad when you watch that much of a deterioration for a guy that's supposedly the leader of the free world, and the free world includes billions of people. Yes. So sad. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.